Hello and welcome to the Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Ghost and I'm joined by Rich, Matt Vecchio and the one and only Alan, of course, my other Canadian partner in crime here at Win Daily Sports. We're here breaking down this five-game NHL slate on opening day. Guys, how are we doing? Not bad. Yourself, Ghost? Absolutely amazing. It's, it's always fun when we get to talk hockey. Matt, Alan, how are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. I mean, I've been waiting for opening day, so I'm getting all my jitters out. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, been a long time since the NHL played, it felt like. So I'm glad to have it back in a couple of days. Yeah, it was nice. Uh, it was a nice little schedule that we had there throughout the throughout the bubble and definitely fun to get back into action. Obviously, we're in uh, primetime NFL playoff season as well. NBA's back underway. So it's nice to have uh, hockey back as well. So um, I'll turn it over to you, Rich, right off the bat of the show. We're just going to talk a little bit uh, basic intro to um nhl dfs and just what mainly what you're looking for i i, I know you discussed uh, some couple of things with line correlation and whatnot what are the main things that you really look for when playing some nhl dfs whether it be on FanDuel or on DraftKings? i mean the first thing i analyze is the pricing um you know try to get an idea you know first before looking at price you know actually first before looking at that you know i try to just sort of size everything up odds you know um, all the lines, you know, what's going on. It's sort of an idea like, who do I want to roster tonight? You know, what would I do? Um, and then I started to go to both sites and sort of look at pricing. And that's one of my first comparisons because, I mean, normally you'll see some disparity, some teams underpriced on one site and super expensive on the other. And you sort of go from there, you know, how many contests do I want to enter on each site? You know, how much do I want to emphasize that? Um, but the scoring format is definitely a little bit different too. Um, you know, on FanDuel, um, you don't have as many bonus points for things. Um, DK really changed last year in terms of, uh, you know, shot bonuses and block shot bonuses and, you know, all sorts of, you know, things that, you know, this guy might not score a goal, but he gets, you know, five shots on goal and, you know, he gets an assist and he might, you know, he's a, let's say he's a defenseman who spends, you know, um, 22 minutes on the ice and now he has three block shots. So he has that bonus. So he might not score somebody who scores a goal. Um, you know, so a little bit different on DraftKings. Um, you know, I think the goalie position as well. Um, I tend to punt a little bit more um, just because you're not really rewarded for the win. Um, now, you know, I think pretty much every night there's like a 2% goalie or a 3% goalie who faces 40, 50 shots or some, some crazy amount, you know, maybe gets a shutout, only lets in one, um, you know, gets the win because they pulled the upset too. And, you know, now you have a takedown with that goalie. You, you normally aren't as rewarded, uh, you know, as much for just getting the win. I forget how many points exact. It's like four points, I think. Um, but it just doesn't really make it worth it. Whereas on FanDuel, um, it's, it's the exact opposite. You know, I probably want that win. But I think it's like a good 12 points and then another eight or something, you know, for shutout seven or eight, something like that. Um, so it makes a huge difference. So, you know, I, a lot of times I might even, uh, if I have a different sort of build that necessitates, you know, a punt goalie or some sort of spend down, you know, that might lead me to sort of build that over on DraftKings. Um, but those are a couple of things I would just consider, you know, when building between the two sites. Yeah, of course. I mean, we we talked about punting goalie and 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 both defense spots even possibly because um, I I agree 100. Especially when we're talking about that that block shot bonus. All of a sudden, a guy like Ian Cole over on Colorado possibly can outscore Kill McCarr on uh, on on some nights just because he could rack up five six block shots. And uh, next thing you know, you're you're punting goalie like you said. Uh, there we we had Craig Anderson a, a few seasons ago who were getting blasted by 40 plus shots a game. So those are always fun. Um, we talked about two uh, new additions to FanDuel, that being the, the two utility spots, of course. Matt, uh, what are your thoughts on that and what kind of difference do you think it's going to make to people's lineup construction in general? Well, I, I like it. I mean, um, 
it gives you uh, the opportunity to play, you know, four centers if you wanted to, uh, which is something you can only do uh, three of on DraftKings. And, um, you know, there's a lot of lines, especially with power play units, when you're trying to stack a power play unit, um, you'll see two or three centers sometimes on a power play unit. And if you're looking for like a real uh, GPP uh, four-man power play stack, you know, you, you have to put a defenseman in and, and two centers and a wing and you take a multi-center spot up and then it leaves you with, you know, make it difficult to stack your other teams, the other lines you're looking for. So, yeah, I like that the addition with the two utility spots. It makes it a, a little easier to build. Yeah, of course. Do you, do you guys think that, um, Alan, maybe you could chime in on this one. Do you think that um, it, it'll possibly defer people from stacking or do you think it'll increase the odds of people stacking? How do you think people are going to approach it? Do you think that they're going to go more so center winger combinations? Exactly like what Matt said, you could pretty much jam in four centers at this point. Do you think that it's going to be more so people go with two complete lines, little one-two punch like a, like a Matthews Marner rather than adding Hyman onto that line as well? Or do you really think that they'll just stick to the traditional route of going three-man full-line stacks? I don't think it will necessarily divert people off of uh, three-man stacks. Uh, what uh, what I find interesting is now you have the opportunity to do four-man power play stacks. So uh, Colorado is an excellent example. Uh, last year, uh, Kadri was on the power play with Nathan McKinnon and usually with Burkowski and Landis Cog and or Rantanen. You can never fit all those guys together. But now you can get um, Kadri and McKinnon both in the same line and still have a center spot to uh, get in another stack. Um, what's also important is uh, actually Hyman's on the third line this year. Uh, he got replaced by Joe Thornton. So that adds a little bit of value to the Leafs there. Um, there's a lot more to discuss, which we'll get to later, but uh, that's just one point. Um, I, I, I think Joe Thornton's a little slow, but you can always get some peripheral points playing with uh, Matthews and Marner. Yeah, of course. We always love these value wingers. We saw it with, Kubalik early in the season when, when when he was Ryan Hogwood Taves and even got some action with uh, with Kane on the wing there too, but before his price absolutely skyrocketed. So good to take uh, advantage early on in the season of, of these value wingers and good old Jor Thornton might be one of our targets there. So let's dive right into that. Um, we know that there are a couple new divisions. Obviously, we have the All-Canadian division. Um, Rich, are there any divisions in particular that we'll be attacking from a DFS perspective? One that you see that there are multiple goalie vulnerabilities or really anything that really sticks out to you in the new alignment? So of the divisions, you know, I think East-West look pretty similar, uh, you know, sort of merging a little bit, but, you know, uh, that sort of makes sense. I think you'd expect that. It's, you know, the Canadian division, so to speak, uh, the North division, um, that's pretty interesting. You know, I guess you guys, you know, probably have heard a lot about it, you know, being up uh, up North here. <laughs> But uh, nonetheless, um, you know, obviously that and then that central division, which is sort of like a hodgepodge of like former Eastern and uh, Western Conference teams. Um, in terms of, um, you know, in who stands out from a DFS perspective in those divisions, um, I think it's mixed all over the place. Like that's sort of a hard thing to uh, break down. Um, but, you know, I think they did in a way that all the uh, divisions are very competitive. So. I sort of like it. You know, you don't have uh, any one division where it's, you know, the equivalent of the NFC East over here. So, yeah, yeah we saw uh, we, we saw what happened uh, that season where um, the Giants and Eagles fans are kind of uh, having at it there because they think that five or six wins should be able to make them earn uh, hosting a playoff game. So not, none of that really much in hockey. Obviously, all, all divisions are pretty much competitive. There are a couple that are stronger than others. But now even with the realignment, I agree 100 percent. I really do think that 
you know, they, this is going to be a competitive season and there, there are a lot of good teams to watch out for. Um, Madi, are, are there any teams that you think, give me maybe one team, either or, one team that you think is going to surprise um, in, in exceeding expectations or one, uh, one team that you think is going to flop um, with some heavy preseason expectations? Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of teams that it's hard to to get a gauge on because they're playing teams that they haven't played before. Um, like out west, like you were talking about the divisions, like the NFC East, the, the, the west division's almost like that to me because you have three teams, Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis, who are just going to dominate the other five teams in their division. And it's going to be a bad team like a Minnesota or an Anaheim who could make a playoff. Who's gonna, who, someone, someone's got to get that fourth spot and make the playoffs. I think Minnesota is a team that I mean, if if Tam if Cam Talbot's any good in goal, which I mean that's a that's a big if. Um, if if uh, Kaprizov is as good as the people in Minnesota are talking about, um, they could get that fourth playoff spot, and you never know in a seven game series what could happen. So um, Minnesota is a team that no one they're not like a great fantasy team. You really don't want to play them that much because there's not much there. They don't have a number one center. Um, Nick Bustad and Nick and uh, Benino just that's those aren't number one centers, but they really like this kid, Marco Rossi. Um, he actually he, he's listed as injured now, an upper body injury, but he hasn't stepped on the ice yet. He just finished up the world juniors with Austria, um, had a quarantine for 10 days when he came in. Um, and then yesterday they listed him as injured, so he they, they're really high on him. They wanted to give him his six to seven game tryout, uh, with the junior contract and then see where it went from there, but um. Yeah, Minnesota is a team that, because of the division they're in, really could make a make a make a big uh, big jump this year and make the playoffs. And you never know; like I said, a seven game series, a hot goalie could win you a series. So, um, yeah, Minnesota is one of those teams, and I think uh, Toronto is a team that could actually be a letdown. There's so much hype in that division that that they should have an easy division. They should walk through it because Montreal's not good, Ottawa's not good. Who knows what Calgary is, Vancouver, Winnipeg. So they should walk through it but i really like calgary and and uh what montreal did in the off season so i think it could be more difficult for toronto and they may actually not win that division uh, and I'll, I'll turn it over to you obviously you are in toronto you want to talk a little bit about your leaves <laughs> or defend defend the possible walkthrough or maybe they flop what, what, what are your thoughts on your leaves heading into the season here <laughs> i i like you have no idea how much i want to praise toronto and they did get some good off off-season acquisitions when it comes to tj brody but uh aside from him like they they just got a lot slower and a lot older they got wayne simmons zach bogosian joe thornton those aren't guys that are really exciting to me like they, yeah they can still play hockey but uh when i'm looking at uh, montreal's additions it pains me to say they got tyler Toffoli. they're getting alex romanov at d who is extremely cheap especially on fanduel um they're they have boosted their team so much and um it i i agree that montreal is kind of like uh a dark horse in the division. I I don't know if Toronto wins. I, I hope they win. Uh, I can see them winning, and I definitely see them taking one of the playoff spots. But uh, it's going to be tougher for them, and we're going to need uh, Toronto's top players to perform to their full expectation. We can't have people uh, taking their foot off the gas like we saw Kapanen and Janssen do. Um, they, they were fast guys, but they just weren't putting the puck in the net, and now neither of them play for Toronto. So we'll see. Yeah, we saw what happened with that Toronto offense. I mean, obviously one of the most potent offensive uh, units on, on paper, at least in, in the entire league. And yet 
some nights they just couldn't find the back of the net. So curious to see what uh, what they do. Obviously, uh, Austin Matthews has another year under his belt. I can't wait to see what what he does. Possibly a dark horse to end up leading the league in goals. So, um, Rich, Rich, talk to me about a couple marquee offseason, maybe signings or free agents, maybe even some that haven't even signed just yet. Obviously, we see with the flat cap and and, and COVID uh, having its um its effect on the league and, and whatnot. Play high po- profile players like. Like like Mike Hoffman getting PTOs and whatnot. I mean, uh, you you can include those guys if you like. But are are there any marquee free agents that that really stand out to you, possibly in new spots that we could take advantage of uh, from a DFS? I think that Taylor Hall signing. Um, you know, I think that's going to be huge. And you know, I was going to say, um, so not. I'll get back to Taylor Hall in a second. But um, one thing I did want to point out: we talked about Calgary, Montreal, and Toronto as potential teams that could win that Canadian division, just to show the depth there. I'm going to bring up another two. Vancouver, who had an excellent run in the playoffs, uh, you know, obviously very young, just still molding. I mean, I think they're they can potentially take it. And the defense is terrible. I know. But let's not sleep on any team that has Mick God and Drysaddle. I mean, you know, if, if Edmonton were to just to tear it up, prove the defense a little, and you know those guys roll their way through, I don't think anyone would be surprised. So. I mean, it just shows, you know, just how great that division is. But um, to the Taylor Hall signing, you know, I, I think he needed another uh, piece there in Buffalo. Um, you know, I think Eichel, you know, ready to take that next step. Um, you know, sometimes a lot of focus on him. Um, so, you know, that's a team that I could see stepping it up a little bit with that addition. Of course. And obviously our uh, our good buddy Zach ends up bringing it up, the Alex Petrangelo signing in Vegas. I, I want to get your guys' thoughts on two right-handed shot defense that uh, – that's it exactly i mean what what do you think the kind of impact that a player like alex pichandro could bring on obviously we saw vegas uh, go all the way to the cup final uh, once before and what do you think his kind of impact would be and what do you think that impact is going to have on a player such as colton perico out there in st louis is it him is it a guy like justin falk that ends up stepping up on that right hand shot blue line there for them who do you really see stepping up on the blue line for st louis in the absence of their, their former captain He's probably first team power play, all that, you know, it fills the role. Of course. Uh, they and also just got Tory, they just got uh, Tory Krug. So oh. I think uh-huh. uh, they're able to survive the uh, the loss of uh, Alex Petrangelo. I think uh, as soon as they got Tory Krug, that's when Petrangelo knew that he was not coming back because they could only wait so long. And eventually, uh, St. Louis just had to pull the trigger. Yeah, that's it. it, it especially with the amount of money that they have tied up in that blue line between Pareko, Krug, and uh, and and obviously Justin Falk too getting that uh, that hefty extension midway through the season before Petrangeli even hit the hit the market. So um, that was a little surprising, but needless to say, they, they, it looks like their blue line is is pretty good. Um, do you guys see a way that maybe Vegas ends up making a move to get out of this cap casualty that they kind of um, find themselves in right now? Do you see a player like Jonathan Marchessault, um, any one of these guys, William Carlson, possibly on the move? And if they do end up moving, what kind of fantasy impact that they could have? on their future team or how do you guys like these guys staying in Vegas and really the way that they'll come out in the shortened season? Well, I, I actually have heard some rumors that they're already trying to move patch already. So um, they just signed into a new contract a year ago and then to move them right away, that's the cap, that's the cap uh, salary cap for you. And um, I don't, I don't like that, that they'd want to move uh, patch already, but you gotta, you gotta have salary cap space. So um He's somebody, and and depending on how the season goes, I mean, they're talking now, yeah, they're going to do a 50-50 split with the goalies with Laner and Florida to start the season, but 
I mean, if if you need cap space and someone's looking for a goalie and wants to give you some picks and prospects, um, definitely Flurry could also move from Vegas to free up the cap space. Um, but like I said, the Pacioretty trade, I don't, I wouldn't want to see the move Pacioretty. I think, you know, they just signed him. He's, a, you know, he's a, a real important piece there. But um, they have some young kids um, in Vegas, like the kid uh, Chandler Stevenson, who's going to be real cheap in fantasy, I think, and he's someone you can get even in your season-long drafts real late, who's right now centering that first line with Pacioretty and Stone. So, and a kid like Cody Glass, they also have um, who they really like, too. So they have some some pieces. So I guess if, it depends on what they bring back. But Pacioretty is somebody in Vegas, I've heard, um, that could be moved to shape salary. It's a real shame, too, because they did give up a lot to get Pacioretty. If I remember yeah. correctly, they gave up Nick Suzuki and Thomas Tatar. I, I, like Max Pacioretty is an amazing hockey player, but that is quite the haul. Um, to be fair, they didn't know that Thomas Tatar was going to become uh, a top line talent, but uh, still, and nobody that, plays him. Be, uh, yeah, well, he, that, does, he doesn't get played. <laughs> he he should get played now. Like his price is surprisingly yeah. pretty low for a, a top line uh, player like himself. But uh, yeah, that would be a huge gut gut punch considering everything else that Vegas has accomplished in their first few years. Uh, they've just been wheeling and dealing. They have uh, so many uh, draft picks. They just swindled a bunch of teams when they were getting Shea Theodore, William Carlson, um, Jonathan March, so Riley Smith. They just robbed from a bunch of teams and actually built a, a Stanley Cup contending team. Uh, it would be a shame for them to lose Pacioretty like that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you give up your best scorer. As, you know, probably, arguably best player overall. You know, I think Vecchio is on point with, you know, they give up Flurry. You know, I mean, half the time he's not playing anyway. So, you know, if you could save some cap space that way, you know, it seems a better way to do it. You know, you got to win the Stanley Cup. You know, you want to have someone there to lead your team, you know, in that first power play unit, you know, score your goals. So, Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, I could possibly maybe even seeing Marc-Andre Fleury going to a team like Colorado if they end up having some some unstable goaltending there from from Grubauer and Frank, who's, of course, if uh, we, we know that Joe Sakic is definitely not going to be uh, that definitely not going to be shy about pulling the trigger, possibly on a trade like that. And then, of course, you got Stevie Y out there in Detroit with, an abundance of cap space and possibly can uh, can swindle grabbing one of those blue chip prospects or maybe even some picks for for taking on Fleury's contract and stuff like that. So we already know that he's in talks with his former team out there in Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, they, they they got a bit of a break, yes and no, a bit of a break in in, in terms of the cap by by losing Nikita Kucherov, but then obviously getting a break by not having to give up and uh, any more of their rotational players there. So we know that Stevie Y is going to be able to uh, swindle some of these cap casualty teams with a flat cap moving on with COVID. So. I'm I'm curious to see what he ends up doing, possibly trading for for Mark Andre Fleury and just eating that contract, grabbing a couple picks along the way, or maybe even grabbing a blue chip prospect. Um, we'll we'll go around the horn here, and uh, obviously, uh, Alan, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not allowed to say Toronto, um, but I'm I'm going to ask each and every one of you guys for um, for your top line to stack. Obviously, we know that every one of us in uh, in in our pieces over at WindailySports.com, we talk about line combination. Rich talked about it at the beginning of the show how important line correlation is. We'll begin with our director of NHL, Rich. Uh, which line are you really looking forward to stocking here in the early stages of the NHL season? Uh, sort of chalky, and maybe this is like part Stockholm syndrome, um, you know, left over from the Eastern Conference Finals. But even without Cooch, you know, I mean, the Chicago team did nothing to improve their defense. I mean, they just give up goals, score. Uh, you know, I can see this being a somewhat one-sided game where Chicago nets a cut, you know, can get something. You know, they get like they get a goal or two. Um, but they, they give up five, and, you know, Tampa's able to roll. I also do like the second line there 
Um, you know, I think they offer, you know, Thornton will be chalky in terms of value, uh, but I think they offer some alternate value there. I mean, Blake, Blake Coleman, we know what a beast he was, you know, with the Devils, you know, and then uh, later on, you know, I think he was on the third line most of, uh, you know, towards the playoffs and stuff last year, but I mean, pretty good value. So I, I guess uh, between the big T's, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Matt, who, who are we looking at in, in the early stages of the season here? Yeah, well, I'll go, I'll stick on, on, uh, brand with the with the Wednesday games since you mentioned Tampa and Chicago um I think everyone's going to kind of look at Colorado and Edmonton but not look at St. Louis in the late night I really like St. Louis's second line actually to stack because they're cheap um they help you fit in a Colorado or an Edmonton one Edmonton power play Colorado power play because uh Jaden Schwartz Robert Thomas and Mike Hoffman Hoffman got his official deal today. He signed one year, four million. So he's officially under contract. The PTO is over for him. He's there. I think he's he's like thirty two hundred on DraftKings, and Thomas is only three thousand. I mean, you got two cheap guys with Schwartz. Schwartz is fifty eight, um, and Robert Thomas is is three K, and then and and Hoffman's thirty two hundred. So that's a cheap line um, that is playing in power play. Uh, Hoffman is has been running first power play with uh, O'Reilly Shen. Perron and and, uh, and Krug during uh, training camp, and then Schwartz and Thomas are on the second power play unit with Bozak, Pareko, and Dunn. So, I mean, you you could make a three man stack like that with that line. You get access to both power play units for for St. Louis, and in a game, I think that they're going to go under owned and and be look be overlooked. And they're a real cheap line. To, like I said, you want to fit Edmonton, you want to fit a Penguin stack, a Toronto. You got to save money and. Uh, both shorts and I'm mean, sorry, not shorts. Both uh, Thomas and uh, and Hoffman and cheat and help you do that. Well, I love yeah, it. I, didn't know I, love, I love that one-two punch. That's crazy. <laughs> I did a quick look up top and you, you get a feel for the games, but didn't dig through every little level and the pricing. And I would say Hoffman's another one. You know, if you want to go Hoffman, Thornton, and Cash, and then just stack up from there, that seems like a game plan. That's it. So we'll move it over to Alan. No, Alan, obviously, I was joking when I said that you can't talk about Toronto. We know that you're going to at one point. You got the opening day article for our team over at windedysports.com. Give us a bit of a, of, of a taste here. Give us one of the lines that we're looking at for opening day. Well, I definitely agree with uh, what's been said so far, especially Schwartz. He's probably one of my top plays. I, I really do like him, and I think he's in a great spot now in St. Louis. Um, my top line is uh, actually going to be uh, Pittsburgh's second line. It was very tough between Vancouver's second, uh, Vancouver's first, and Pittsburgh's second. But uh, to me, it's such a solid line that consistently goes underpriced. I'm tired of FanDuel disrespecting Brian Rust. He's still at like 5K. The guy is like a top, top uh, talent in his team and probably in the league as well. He consistently puts up points. He gets a lot of shots. He blocks shots and he scores a lot of goals. Uh, And he's going up against uh, Philly. And even though um, Philly's the favorite in this game ever so slightly, uh, I was not impressed when I watched uh, Philly's warm-up game. Uh, I saw Carter Hart letting some bad goals, uh, but um, you know uh, we'll see where it's at. I, I do like Hart's price, but uh, I, I'm definitely leaning towards Pittsburgh too for some of my lines. Yeah, we know we know how much that Malkin Rust uh, duo did some crazy damage for us throughout uh, last season. Obviously on the power play together as well. So that that's definitely one that we'll be going back to the well. Um, we'll go around the horn here. Any last thoughts, gentlemen, whether it be on the Wednesday slate or just on the season in general, we'll begin with Rich. Brian Rust, man. I mean, I think uh, in terms of rankings, point per dollar, this guy's almost number, always number one in fans. They must hate it. He did something to someone there. I mean, because he's <laughs> here. 
Um, you know, you have to get an increase. Um, but yeah, I guess, um, you know, if I say anything about opening week, um, you know, I think you have a lot of newbies out there. So those of us, you know, have a little bit of hockey experience. This is a time that, you know, some people say, well, it's early season. You might want to go light, you know, especially if you have those bigger contests out there. And a lot of people who don't know what they're doing, uh, we might actually want to go a little bit heavier. Um, keep in mind, you know, those of you new to hockey, a lot of things to watch. We're going to want to watch lines throughout the day, um, you know, especially before lock. You know, we could have, um, you know, idea, oh, this is how, it, you know, so-and-so out. This is how this line is going to match up. And then all of a sudden, you know, they come out in the ice and it's all different. Um, so be careful to pay attention to that as well as goalies. Um, I could tell you every night you have newbies. You know, I see people who might otherwise, you know, win a tournament or something, but they left in a goalie who's not starting, you know, and his game was not main lock, et cetera. Um, so just try to pay attention to things throughout the day. It's really important. Absolutely love that. Following it's the news is, 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 is huge in any sport and, and NHL is even more so. I mean, obviously we saw different line combinations happening and then all of a sudden it, it's nice that we get Joe Thurman on the opening line right off the bat, but you know, that could happen midday in, in, in the month of February where, you know what, he's, he's on the third line and he slots in on the first. You know, I get credit to what you do with NBA, man, because it's a whole other world. Five people starting. Definitely not quite the NBA when it comes to uh, late news. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, we, we see it with, uh, with, with soccer, obviously. All, all you guys are in that chat as well. And we appreciate everything that you guys do uh, with, with the team every single day. We see that. Lineups end up uh, end up chaining set pieces end up chaining in soccer. It's the same kind of thing in hockey. We we end up getting a different much, rotation yeah. on, on 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 power play units, and we end up getting one of these value wingers that that really end up changing the slate completely when they end up slotting. I think you, know, you have a little bit less time because soccer usually it's about like an hour fifty five minutes from those yeah, lines. Yeah, thirty five minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's uh, it, it it it's nice to see um, that definitely being able to move on the fly. Obviously, you need to make sure that. You join our Discord chat to be able to get all these three fine gentlemen. And of course, Austin as well, who's not with us tonight, but always listening and making sure that he's in that Discord chat as well. WinDailySports.com backslash chat, seven free days. Gentlemen, I thank you very much for allowing me to join you tonight. I cannot wait to end up reading your content on Wednesday and throughout the season. For all of you guys, for all of us at Wind Daily Sports, thank you all for tuning in. And we'll see you Wednesday for the opening day of the NHL slate. Take care. Thank you.